You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Savian! All day here on the SportsJourney.com radio network. Bob Matthews here with you. If you happen to be in the path of this winter storm, first one of the year, I hope you are staying high and dry. Down here in the 757, not too bad. Just some rain and some wind and just general dreary conditions. One of our MVPs, Scott Allen of the Washington Post, is going to be joining us in a few minutes. Now, Scott can converse on just about any subject you want to, but today... We got him talking mostly, of course, about the Washington football team and the fact that looks like the bandwagon is starting to get a little crowded. And what a change that is, as we all know, over the past few, uh, you know, over the last six weeks or so. Practice resumed today. They were in the bubble. Uh, A couple of notes for you before we get into everything. Alex Smith did not participate in individual drills. We did talk to him, however, and you're going to hear from him. In a few minutes as well, Uh, Dwayne Haskins took all of the first team reps today at quarterback. Also not participating in practice today, Antonio Gibson. He's got that turf toe. Those are the two big ones that you're concerned about for this weekend when the Seahawks come to town. All right, we'll get back to football in just a little while. But first, we didn't get to it yesterday. We got to talk a little hoops. Giannis Atenakumbo is a Milwaukee Buck for the next five years. Now, if you have been following the show for, the, for a while, I love the NBA. I like the Wizards a whole lot, but I don't live and die with any one particular team. I root for stories when it comes to the NBA. And so with the Greek Freaks emergence, I've really enjoyed Watching the Milwaukee Bucks. They're just they're a fun team to watch. I mean, Giannis is such a generational talent. And I'm really glad that he decided to make this move and sign the Supermax extension. Again, five years, $228 million. Um, so now what does Milwaukee have to do? Milwaukee has gotta surround Giannis with as much talent as they can in order to try and win a championship. I guess the last thing you want is for him to become disillusioned here in the next, you know, after two, one or two or three years and demand a trade, you know, kind of like Anthony Davis did uh, going to L.A. But I'm glad he did it because even for his career, it makes sense. You know, again, we forget he's been in the league since he was 18. He's 25 years old right now. I mean, his his peak is just starting. So he's he's got five years here to try and win a championship with the Bucks. But here's the thing. After that, if 
it doesn't work out, hey, two or three years, you know, when the deal's up in five years, he can get, he's still young enough to go ring chasing. You know, he can do that. I like the fact that he, he went ahead, set himself up, not only him, but the rest of his, you know, his family and their family, you know, and his family's families for the rest of their lives. <laughs> you know, so he went ahead, he got paid, and now, and if, for whatever reason, it doesn't work out in Milwaukee, he can go ahead and, and you know, chase those titles couple of years you know in five years and still be you know realistically be able to do that milwaukee's gonna have to make some deals here though if they want to add any more pieces you know these your your three best players after Giannis or chris middleton drew holiday and brooke lopez so you know which of those do you you know do you lock up for the next few years, all of them are on the books for a few years. They got, they have no cap space right now, so it, it's they're pretty much gonna roll with this, um, with this roster, for a while. And yeah, you know, they're obviously they're gonna win a lot of regular season games. And the question is just, does Giannis have enough around him to be able to win a championship? We've seen the blueprint for the last few years. You need three elite players in your starting lineup. Now, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are great, are really, really good slash great players. Multiple-time All-Stars, but are they really elite? Mm, not so sure. So it will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And I, I'm looking forward to it because, again— I like uh, I love watching Giannis. I like the fact that you know the city that bought him to America and made him a star. He's going to go out and try and win a championship for him. So good luck to him, and I really do hope that it works. Could it actually be that we got some hot stove league stuff going on? I, you know, I thought it was kind of appropriate, given the fact that the weather is so disgusting out there. Major League Baseball winter meetings going on, though. And Mike Rizzo was talking during the meetings. Rizzo, we love having Rizzo on because he, I mean, he gives the best interviews. Very descriptive. Lots of information. So he's out at the winter meetings, has a call with reporters yesterday, and one of the big things he talked about was Max Scherzer. So, well, we've got Scott Allen coming up in a couple of minutes. I wanted to check in with Rizzo and see what the status is on a Max Scherzer contract extension. I think his stuff is as is good as it's ever been. It's different than it was when we first signed him. It's way different than when I drafted him in 06. So he's he's a guy that's a chameleon. He changes uh, as his career moves on. Uh, you know, he's always coming up with a, a way to beat you. Uh, he's such a competitive person. Uh, I, but uh, I I do like the uh, you know the velocity was was where I want we wanted to, it to be with his fastball for the most part last year, uh, uh, and his his slider slash cutter and curveball. Uh, change up we're all we're all good pitches uh, I think it was a, a matter of uh, consistency consistency and routine for him uh, while he would he struggled a little bit uh, and 
you know, the bar is so high with with Max that uh, that anything but excellence is is regarded as a, as a failure. But uh, you know, he uh, he grinded through a, a season last year. You know, he was the leader of that team. And as far as far as last year, I think he led more than he, he ever has because of this. Uh, you know, he was the voice of the team with this COVID protocols and and, and other things. So uh, I, I think that uh, you know uh, Max, I, I think he ages very very well. His his delivery works for him, uh, and uh, he's such a a workaholic type of preparer that uh, that I see him I see him being uh, uh, successful for for years to come. And, you know, these days, as with the advances in training and, you know, physical fitness, nutrition, everything, if you're willing to work, and Max is one of those guys that's willing to work, there's nothing that says you cannot be effective well into your 30s. I mean, I know, you know, 35, 36 now, but no reason why Mad Max doesn't have three, four more good years uh, left in him. Scott Allen of the Washington Post joining us now, our five-tool guy, because I'm telling you, you put a sport on this guy's assignment sheet, he will write about it, and he will write about it well. Thanks for joining us, Scott. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Bob. Good to be here. No problem. Hey, I want to get to what you got in the post today uh, about the Washington football team, but just before you, uh, we, we connected with you, we were talking Giannis and the big contract. Little surprise. I was a little surprised. I thought I thought he was gonna he was gonna test free agency. What'd you think about it? Yeah, I I was surprised too. Um, you know, I figured there obviously were gonna be a lot of suitors for him. And when you think about places, cities that stars tend to to wind up, Milwaukee isn't at the top of the list. But I thought it was awesome. You know that they were able to get that deal done, and he's you know showing faith in that franchise. He's kind of embraced that community. And, you know, hopefully they can win a championship or two while he's there. Right? But, yeah, surprise was my main takeaway. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, you and I are of the same mind on that because I think it's fantastic that he's staying there. And, you know, when you think about it, I mean, a five-year contract, the guy's 25. Okay, if it doesn't happen in Milwaukee, it's not like, you know, it's yep. not like this is him. This is him for the rest of his life. He can go ring chasing at age 30. I thought that was that's what was great about it is that, He's like, you know, he's devoting a good chunk of his yep. career to Milwaukee, but he's going to have a chance to chase a ring if that's what he's got to do at the end of his career. For sure. I mean, I think it works out great for for both parties. And, you know, as we've seen, um, yeah, it's the it's the five-year deal. But if, you know, if things go sour before those five years are up, uh, as we've seen in, in the NBA before, I mean, he, he could always be on the move oh, yes. um, before that. But uh, yeah, he's still young, a lot, a lot of basketball to play ahead of him. And now I'm just rooting for Milwaukee's front office yeah. to be able to put it together for him. All right, let's let's go to let's go to football and uh, the Washington football team. I read your piece this morning. Um, how about this? I mean, if you would have said either before week one or after week six that you would have Michael Wilbon talking about saying that i mean just assuming washington is going to the playoffs and for yeah. uh you know for for people on the nfl network was it was a kyle brandt that i couldn't remember it was kyle yep. brandt or, yeah saying that this is you know one of the most the the washington defensive line is one of the most <laughs> feared units in the league i mean who saw that coming six weeks ago yeah it was it was kyle brandt who said i think the quote was something like you know, the three most terrifying forces in the league right now are Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. 
Devontae Adams, or sorry, Aaron Rodgers to Devontae yeah. Adams, and then the Washington defensive line, <laughs> which is, I mean, that's incredible, incredibly high praise. And, you know, it's possible he could have had that sort of praise in a year that, you know, the team was down and not even sniffing the playoffs. But it's it's remarkable that it was five weeks ago that this team was was two and seven, and they were the joke of the joke that was the the NFC East. Yeah. You know? in the basement looking ahead to next year what are they going to do at quarterback is ron rivera giving mixed messages etc and (laughs) now four consecutive wins later and they've got like a 75 percent chance to win the division and you got dominique foxworth today um on espn saying that their super bowl window opens up next year and and wow my piece you know people saying that you know they could make some noise this year in the playoffs and it's as crazy that is as that is the way they looked against San Francisco. That defense, you figure they're going to keep the team in games, and and it's actually believable. Well, and you know one thing, and and I don't know if you've taken a look at it, but we talked about this yesterday. You you know the way a schedule breaks down. All right, let's say they win the East this year for, and this is I'm talking yeah. to the naysayers when I say this. You know, that means that they have a quote unquote first place schedule next year. And right. so, you know, everybody would say, oh, you know, not only are you going to, is your draft pick going to be lower, but you, you got that first place schedule next year. But you take a look at next year, and I know it's hard to project out, but I think it's the AFC West, the NFC South. So, I mean, it, it's not like as we look at it today, the schedule projects out to be a huge jump up in weight class for them should they win the division this year. Yeah, I think it's easy to, you know, like you said, for the naysayers to say, oh, here's another thing that's going to go wrong for next year. You got to play that first place schedule. But just think back to, you know, when we were analyzing this year's schedule and looking at those teams and saying, oh, that's going to be a really brutal game. I mean, in this stretch right now, even mm-hmm. just so much can happen in the NFL year to year, you know, in the offseason and even within a a season the 49ers were defending Super Bowl champions and they've just been you know ravaged by injuries and yeah Washington was still an underdog on on Sunday but they didn't wind up being you know as tough a, a game as everyone expected at the beginning of the year so you know to to the people who would say oh, I would be better if they if they tank or not even try to tank but just you know wind up on the outside looking in at the playoffs I don't know I think I think you've got to go for it year to year and, you know, the draft will work itself out. You can always trade up if, if you're really desperate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, especially the, with the way they're playing now, um, I think you got to be optimistic and thinking about this year. All right. Now I get to work my favorite word in the entire English language into the conversation, but what is the zeitgeist in the DMV you think right now for this team? Washington fans have been beaten down and filled with false hope for so long. Are, do you feel like people are starting to believe in this team again, or is there still a little bit of reservation out there? Um, I, I've seen signs that it, it's starting to, to build up again. I think that the way that they started as bad as the division has been, even with this kind of resurgence of late, there's still some, some skeptics and, and for good reason. I think this could kind of be the tipping point um, this coming game against the Seahawks because they were uh, a team that, you know, coming into the season, you figured it'd be a tough game 
they're playing really well, it is going to be a tough game for, for that defense. We don't know if Alex Smith will be available. If they somehow win this game to make it five in a row for the first time in I don't know how long, I think <laughs> you're going to see the, the bandwagon fill up a little bit more ahead of what will almost certainly be an NFC East title at that point. Yeah. If they come back, if they get blown out, you know, if if Seattle does anything like what they did to the Jets this past weekend, I think you'll have a lot of people saying, see, I'm not ready to give this team too much credit just yet. And we all in Washington, we all love the word bandwagon. It, it conjures up the, the glory days of Mr. For Tony. Sure. Mr. Tony trotting it out there and riding it all the way to Minneapolis. Um, what do we how big of a test do you think it is? for the defense this week. Yeah, it's been, the defense has been playing lights out. We might look back at last week and say that might have been peak Washington defense of the season when yeah. we look back on it. But you know, this they're stepping up in class this week, aren't they? They are. I think, you know, as, as solid as a season as um, Ben Roethlisberger has had statistically, I mean, there have been signs that he, he's not what he once was, right? Um, the Steelers really helped them out with all sorts of drops in that Monday night game. And then you look at the other quarterbacks they face during the winning streak, you know, Nick Mullins, um, Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. uh, Russell Wilson is in a different class. You know, he was looking like an MVP candidate at the beginning of the year. Their receivers are, are terrifying. Um, you know, I'm really excited to see this secondary, which has been much improved in my mind in the last two weeks, go against DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, the Seahawks are, they're more dynamic than the teams that, that Washington has faced in, in recent weeks. The Steelers basically said, we can't run the ball, so we're just going to throw it 55 times. Whereas, you know, as good as Russell Wilson is, the Seahawks also have a strong running game with, with Chris Carson. So I think this is, yeah, this is probably the biggest test of the season. Um, for the defense and, you know, it, it's positive that they are, um, you know, coming off their best performance of the year. So we'll see if they can, can keep it going. And if they are able to do it, I mean, then I think you start to get, this is a little bit crazy. They're not on the same level, but then I think you start to get kind of like 2000 Baltimore Ravens vibes where, you know, the defense is going to can single-handedly win games for them. That team had Trent Dilfer as a, as their quarterback and they rode them all the way to the Super Bowl. Not saying this team is going to do that this year, but that's kind of the feeling I got after that 49ers game. I mean, for a team that's playing with the confidence that they are, and you know, I, I talked about it early in the year, and maybe that's part of Ron Rivera's genius is, is maybe he's got them believing and playing on a level, on a higher level than really they're capable of. But when a team buys in that much, regardless of the talent level, it can be dangerous, especially in a one and done situation where if, you know, if you don't wake up wildcard weekend, if you don't wake up and and bring your a game, if you're the team with 10, 11, 12 wins, you could be sitting at home the second week of the, of the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. That's a great point. And I think, you know, getting back to Ron Rivera, um, I guarantee you he doesn't have them looking past <laughs> he's there. He's not thinking playoffs at, at this right. point in the wild card weekend. I mean, Les Carpenter, my colleague got a, a good piece today with um, quotes from Ron Rivera talking about how something that his former coach with the bears, Mike Dick uh, kind of stuck with him about, you know, anytime there was praise um, reminding his guys not smiling and, you know, you, you don't want to lose your focus and the praise this week 
<laughs> we talked about it at the start of this, right? The praise yeah. this week has something they're not used to. It's the most they've had in, in quite a while. And it sounds like Ron Rivera is trying to make sure that they don't let it go to their head <laughs> and they can't with the, with Seattle on deck. And that, you know, that's going to be hard because I'm just, I, I was, I was, I was reading your story before we came on here again, some of the other people that are now on, on the Washington bandwagon. I mean, Ryan Clark, Mike Florio saying what a great defense they are. Brian Baldinger, yeah. Brian Baldinger said that he thinks it's the best defense, defense in football. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we, we kept waiting for this, right? This at the beginning yeah. of the season, it was, they've got all these number one picks along that D line. You add chase young to it, just kind of waiting for, for this to happen. And it, it took, you know, I think we saw some signs. Anyone who, who followed this team throughout the year saw some signs earlier in the earlier in the season, even when they when they weren't winning games. Um, but now it's just this: they get better and better every week. And it's not as Brian Baldinger said; it, it's not just one guy. Like, yeah, Chase Young kind of stands out above all. But in other weeks, you know, Montez Sweat is having a career year. Deron Payne and and Jonathan Allen are somehow like underappreciated on other teams, they'd be stars. And it's just that aspect that has, has made them, I think, a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be interesting. One o'clock kickoff Sunday at FedEx Field. I will not ask you for a prediction because you, sir, are a journalist. You stick to the facts. We save it for the opinion people to do that. But, Scott, thank you so, so much for joining us. Remember, you can catch his stuff at WashingtonPost.com. Get a subscription here in the 757. They deliver. Before you get out of here, give Twitter a plug. If people want to keep up with you, Scott, in the uh, in the Twitterverse, how do they find you? Sure thing. It's uh, at Scott S. Allen. All right. Machine. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. We will talk to you very soon. All right. Sounds good. Anytime, Bob. Let's head on out to practice. We've just gotten the sound in so we can turn it around for you. Again, like we said earlier today, Alex Smith out at practice today, however, not taking part in individual drills. The good thing for us is that today was the day that he meets with reporters. So obviously, first question we asked Alex, how is the leg and what does he feel the prognosis is for this week? Uh, you feel all right. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, taking it, taking it day by day. I know you guys don't want to hear that. Just trying to do a obviously keep, keep making improvements. Um, so yeah, obviously early in the week here and we'll, we'll see as it goes on. Um, you know, it was something that, that very minor last week that, you know, I, I, I practiced and felt good on it all week. It was something that was, you know, uh, for me, you know, it was there a little bit, but certainly not inhibiting me at all. And then in the game, definitely quickly, uh, you know, quickly obviously got worse. Uh, to the point where really, really affecting, you know, me and my ability, certainly dropping back and being able to decelerate and push off. You know, I felt like it was affecting me a ton, especially those last several drives, really kind of battling, battling with that for me mentally, how much it was affecting me, um, you know, and, and limiting me out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely obviously have some unique circumstances going on down there, um, but not, not really. I mean, you know, not, not, not really. This is a, just kind of a, um, I think it'd be the same situation, I guess, to answer your question, if, if I'd have a, a completely normal leg, but obviously with everything that's happened in the anatomy, certainly, uh, you know, the doctors and, and physicians go through all their checks, but, but everything uh, looks great. So. 
And so that leads us to the other inevitable question. If Alex can't go, will Dwayne Haskins be ready? Now, Dwayne took all of the first team snaps today. That's good. And I think I think Alex not taking any snaps today is a good thing in the sense that not only does he give his leg an extra day to rest, but Haskins gets some work in with the first team. We talked about it with Robbie Duncan yesterday, how hard it is to, you know, to as a backup quarterback, just to get your timing down for a week because you're not doing any work with the first team. I mean, none whatsoever. So at least Dwayne got his first team work in today. And we asked, you know, Scott Turner, what are we going to see if, if, if Dwayne has to play this week? How has he improved and grown since his benching earlier in the season? I think the biggest thing with him is just, uh, you know, he's really, you know, kind of shadowed and, and modeled um, the preparation, like, behind Alex. And you know, I heard Dwayne say that, you know, that Alex is someone that he looks up to. And I think, you know, he really took that to heart. And, and he looked at, you know, the type of career Alex has had and, and say, hey, you know, this is the way to do it. And uh, that, that stuff, that's where he's made a lot of strides. It's just the, the stuff that kind of that people don't see, you know, getting ready for the game, um, you know, putting yourself in a situation to where – if you do get the opportunity to play, that you're ready to make the most of it. And, um, you know, hope, you know, that I think it'll, it'll pay off, you know, when, uh, you know, if, if needed. Yeah. So, you know, it's tough, uh, because of all the COVID regulations and everything like that. Um, but you know, the, the quarterbacks, you know, they've, uh, been able to still come in at times and, and just the, uh, you know, him coming in early, you know, getting in and, and being on his own or, or getting with the other quarterbacks and, and watching film, you know, um, just the questions he asked, the, you know, the preparation, um, you know, the extra work on the side at practice, you know, grabbing guys, maybe doing some things after practice, just the little things like that, that, that really add up, you know, and, and add up and create, you know, the, the preparation that's necessary to be successful. Now, from just a purely statistical standpoint, you know, anybody that's looked at the ESPN playoff machine can tell you this. If you've got to have a week where Alex Smith can't play, this is the week. So if it's borderline, I wouldn't mind seeing him not play. Regardless of what the Giants do, and I think the Giants are probably going to lose. I mean, remember, they've got Cleveland this week, Baltimore the week after, and then wind up with Dallas. And, you know, Dallas can always be dangerous. You never know when they're going to get their act together. But it's not it's not crucial that Washington win this week. Yes, should the unthinkable happen and the Giants win, they go ahead of them because of the tiebreaker. But, well, I'm, it's certainly possible the Giants can win this week. I, I don't see them winning against both Cleveland and Baltimore. That's just not going to happen. Those are two teams that are clearly better than they are. Oh, by the way, Daniel Jones, in addition to his hamstring, now has an ankle issue as well. So you're talking about two teams fighting for the playoffs in the AFC, probably double-digit wins when they, you know, by the end of the season, coming in there with games they need to have against a backup quarterback. Love Colt McCoy to death but it's still a backup quarterback. That's a game as the opposing team. You just got to win. So if you want to make sure, absolutely sure, that Alex Smith is healthy for the final two weeks and then possibly wild card weekend, 
you could do worse than sitting him this week and seeing what Dwayne's got for you. All right, Nick and the uh, clock on the wall say we got to get out of here. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget you can download us Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, sportsjourney.com, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white.